Hey guys, this is Carlos Lopez. You're listening to the No Playbook Podcast. Vamos, Vol. Now in Spanish. Mi gente, ¿cómo estás? Yo soy Carlos Lopez. Están escuchando el Libro de Jugar Podcast. Y aquí estamos con Vamos, Vol. <laughs> Nicely done. Thanks for checking out the show. It's the podcast where we talk with the outstanding athletes, coaches, and experts that help to make sports and fitness such an important part of life here in the Southeast. My guest today is a bit of a trailblazer. He's absolutely making history here in East Tennessee. Carlos Lopez is the guy you've probably seen on social media who has been uh, calling Tennessee football games in Spanish. It's so cool. He brings the high-level uh, energy that you're used to seeing with like South American soccer announcers, but he's doing it for the Vols, and it's American football. He does such a great job, and he's such a great guy. It really was my pleasure to have him on the podcast. We talk about a lot of stuff, so for this one, I really do recommend that you listen to the entire episode, the whole interview. promise you're going to be glad you did it. So I've got uh, Carlos coming up here right in just a minute. Sit tight. Recruit Me puts the recruiting process in your hands. Most student athletes wait for college coaches to discover them, but coaches are busy and don't always have the time to find them. Recruit Me allows you to build an online profile to share directly with college coaches and is designed to help you enter all of the information coaches want to see. Your stats, your highlight videos, your academic information, your social links, and more. Plus, our team is here to make sure that your profile stands out with personalized suggestions. With over 25,000 coaches in our database, our premium plan gives you access to D1, D2, D3, and NAIA coaches across the country, and more importantly, gives them access to you. Enter your schedule of games and tournaments to let coaches know when and where you're playing so they can come out and watch you shine. Then communicate with interested coaches via our chat feature. When it comes to recruiting, don't make coaches research you. Do the work for them. Get started today at the Recruit Me app, on the web, and in the app stores. At D1 Training, what we do is in our name. Our D1 athletes become D1 athletes. Whether it's Los Angeles Angels pitcher Ben Joyce, high school soccer national MVP Brindley Murphy, or first-round NFL draft pick Cole Strange, we help all athletes reach their full potential. Five-star training system comes straight from D1 strength and conditioning programs, and D1 has trained over 2,000 professional athletes. Many of them started as young as seven years old. Check out D1Training.com to learn more about their facilities in Hardin Valley and Sevierville, and coming very soon to Maryville and the Tri-Cities. It's the Vamos Vols, people. Yeah, yeah. The internet's tired of Vamos Vols. <laughs> no, they just get too excited when they hear it. They do. They do um, get excited, man. Carlos, thank you for joining me. Uh, first up, I want to say, I want to talk about the event that we met at, first of all, because I'm on the board for Knox County Schools Partners in Education, and you clearly uh got a lot out of the principal for a day program will you talk absolutely. about your experience with that yeah absolutely man i've been uh i've been involved in education ever since i graduated high school i think it was ever since my sophomore year i always knew that i wanted to be in the classroom i love you babe i love you they're going to go to the store here for, uh, for a second um, i've always known that i wanted to be in the classroom but as i said in that meeting even though I knew that I wanted to be in the classroom of some sort, I've always been searching for that place where I truly belong. And being a part of that program, principal for a day, and being in education now for 10 years, seeing 
from the time that I arrived here in the United States from Venezuela, and that's um, that's another story in itself, the sacrifices that my mother did to escape a dictatorship from Hugo Chavez. My mother worked for the National Police of the Policia de Caracas, the Caracas Police. And at that time, when Hugo Chavez uh, was starting to begin his, cam his campaign for the presidency, he asked for all the government workers to give up 60% of their paycheck for the next seven months. And my mother was like, wait a minute, is this voluntarily or what's going on? So when that paper was passed around for people to sign, she put, no, I'm not giving up my money. I have two kids. I have an older brother. And then two, three days later, she was fired. She was, she started to be politically harassed and threatened. Uh, you know, your kids are next and blah, blah, blah. So it was, it was time for her to go without really something having started. You know, in 99 is when Chavez took over. And then through years, he didn't really start getting bad to about 2008, 9, 10, and 13 was really bad. So it goes back to that question that you just asked being a part of that program. Since we arrived here in 2001, the Hispanic population is not what it is now. So throughout the year, seeing how much the Hispanic population is growing and me being a part of that, being a part of the Principal for a Day program and seeing at the school that I was at, and not necessarily just the school that I was at because I've had the pleasure now uh, and the blessing to go and speak at several schools that the Hispanic population is rising, seeing the way that these uh, administrators and these teachers are reaching not only the white students, the English-speaking students, but the Hispanic students, it really touches my heart because we all belong. Youth in this nation, however you got here, we're here now. And the youth is the future of this country. So if we are reaching all of our students to show them the opportunities that they all have and the fact that, you know, I was at Career Magnet Academy, the fact that they're able to not just tell students about the opportunities, but show them inside that building with the partnership that they have with Pilisipi State to be able to, you know, downstairs is Career Magnet, Upstairs is Pilisipi State, you know, 28 different associate's degrees, 68 different uh, certificate programs where the students can be hands-on. 20% of career magnet is Hispanic, and all the Hispanic students are branching out from the norm of what Latinos are supposed to be here in the United States. The normal jobs that we're supposed to have are, you know, construction, landscaping, uh, roofing, if I may, which is nothing wrong with that. But if I could be a part of showing students and showing this Hispanic youth, hey, there are other paths, that's, that's all I care about, that they know that there are other ways to be successful. Uh, and, and you're as a teacher right now, you're at Alcoa High School? So I'm not at Alcoa High School any longer. Um, so after I started all this uh, broadcasting stuff and there's an NCAA bylaw that prohibits high school teachers from working with a university. So I had to resign from Alcoa High School, although um, I still feel as much part of them as, you know, they do me 
but I had to resign from the high school and the coaching. So I resigned in June and then I got an opportunity with WATE Channel 6. So I'm a Spanish anchor, a digital Spanish anchor with WATE. And in September, I think it was like two weeks before we did the official Spanish broadcast against UTSA, I took a position in my hometown of Sevier County as a seventh grade and eighth grade ESL teacher. So now I have 250 Latin American students that I'm in front of every day. So after having, um, I think it was maybe, I think it was late August, early September before the game happened, the NCAA and the compliance office at UT, um, we had like a phone call and they said, hey, you know, we understand that you're a teacher, you know, but there's some bylaws and stuff. So we're going to give her permission that if you teach sixth through eighth grade, then you can continue to do what you're doing with UT. So I was like, you know, this is amazing because I feel like I feel like my passion is in the classroom, not necessarily education. You know, I, th- I don't know if I mentioned that over there or not, but um, I think I did actually. You know, education is for me, it's a little bit different in Latin America. Education is not mandatory. So in the United States, it is. So when you make something mandatory, guess what happens? You don't want to do it. So for me to be in this position now where any every every day that I show up, my students are like, hey, we saw you on the news. Hey, we saw you on YouTube. Hey, we saw you all over social media calling a game or your highlights and whatnot. That, that's what it's about for me. It's about showing them that they too can do anything they want to here in the United States. And having, what did you say, 250 digital students, my wife during COVID had like 20 and that was, you know, maddening. Yeah. Well, in, in Sevier County, man, uh, the Hispanic population in Sevier County is, is huge. And that's something that I spoke, um, you know, before all this started happening, uh, I had to have a meeting with the admin at the University of Tennessee and one of our uh, deputy athletic directors, Dr. Monica LeBron, unbelievable person. And, you know, I had to do my research. You know, you got to prepare before you go into a meeting with, you know, uh, individuals like her. You know, we have 400,000 plus Latinos in just the state of Tennessee. So uh, 11% of our population in Tennessee is Hispanic. And we have 75,000 plus just in our surrounding counties of Knox County, uh, of Knoxville. So it was, you know, extremely important to me to present this to the university like, hey, you know, we need to expand our audience. You know, I'm also a graduate of the University of Tennessee. And, you know, I feel like I've, you know, started getting a little following on social media where people are truly enjoying what's going on. And, you know, we need to make this happen and blah, blah, blah. So I'm, I'm blessed that, um, that we did get that one opportunity on September 23rd to make history uh, for really the whole state of Tennessee for the first ever Spanish broadcast for any Tennessee athletics. And for me to be, you know, in that booth with VFL legend Fuad Reves as my uh, commentator analyst and Brian Rice handle all the controls of the broadcast. That was, uh, that was truly special. Yeah. So, so talk about how that got, like how you went from doing it at yeah. home to, to <laughs> being in the booth with Fuad. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was fun. That was fun because obviously now we'll go back to last season when we're playing Alabama 
that was, you know, obviously October. And then now we got to think last year. Now, November's when the World Cup was going to start up. And growing up in Venezuela, it was either, you know, dominoes, soccer or baseball. Dominoes. Oh, domino. You never played dominoes. I have. I just didn't know that was a such a, a thing that garnered passion. Oh yeah, Latin We're we're huge in dominoes. So, anyways, I was like, what, "What can I do here?" You know, I went to after, and I'll go back a little bit. Uh, football background, if I may. When I arrived here to the United States, I've been playing soccer all my life, and then I graduated from a high school called Seymour High School here in East Tennessee, and that's where I started learning about those Friday nights. And the high school football coach said, hey, man, you have a pretty powerful leg. I've seen you kick a soccer ball. Do you want to come try out for the football team? My mom was totally against it because she's seen, I guess, the hits and whatnot. So he goes and talks to my mom and says, all he's going to do is kick and punt. He's not going to get touched. So mom was like, all right. So my mom was at practice for like three days, you know, watching, watching me and whatnot. But anyways, it was my sophomore year and we went to Powell Valley, Virginia. And I had a 36-yard game-winning field goal. And I saw and I started learning there the difference of kicking the ball through the uprights versus playing soccer here in East Tennessee. And that's where my love truly started growing uh, for American football. I guess I, was doing it, I guess I was doing it well enough that I earned a scholarship to Carson Newman College at that time. I kicked uh, for Ken Sparks, kicked there for three years. Um, with the whole Spanish situation, uh, I took a placement exam where I was able to graduate a semester early, had a, I guess, an extra year of eligibility. And I did a graduate transfer to Middle Tennessee State University, where I played under Rick Stockstill. And there I took a class um, with a professor of mine, Dr. Kobe Juvenville. And I, man, I still think about that sucker because he, he would look at me all the time in class and say, Carlos, you got something in you. I just don't know what it is. You have to find your voice. You have, and the saying that he had was, you have to be the best at what matters most. And I was like, man, you know what? This was 2012. This was 2012. I graduated high school in 08, graduated Carson Newman in 11. I played one season at Middle Tennessee in 2012. Uh, graduated Middle Tennessee with a master's degree. Went to go play in the Arena Football League for the Tampa Bay Storm in the indoor football league. That was super fun. Um, the arena league folds. I come back in 2014 to Tennessee, and that's when legendary coach Gary Rankin uh, hires me at Alcoa High School to be a special teams coach. Throughout all this time, I'm like, man, I'm, I'm still searching again for that place. Uh, my wife always gets mad at me all the time. She's like, man, are, are you ever content? And I'm like, I am content. Uh, I'm extremely happy with my life. I love you. I love my kids. I love where we live. I just don't know what it is inside my heart. I feel like there is something higher for me that I don't know what it is. Let's fast forward. Now we're playing Alabama. I'm in front of my TV. The World Cup's getting ready to get started. I'm listening to this ESPN, CBS announcers, and they are not doing it for me, brother. They are not doing it for me. Anytime that we scored, it was just anytime somebody else did something, it was, and I'm like, you know what? 
let let me film this play and call it in Spanish to see what we could do. And the caption was, if Spanish announcers were announcing NCAA football games. And it was when Preston Fan had the ball at the three-yard line, you know, and Hooker hands it off, we score. And the whole, you know, dale seis, dale seis, dale seis. I post a 30-second clip that's happened on a Saturday. I post a 30-second clip. The next day, I look at my phone, and I've never seen the notifications be the way that they were. So I open up Twitter, and in less than in less than 24 hours, we're at 400,000 views. 400,000 views on one on this 30-second clip. Uh-huh. And then, and then all of a sudden, I go back to Alcoa on Monday. And the call is like, hey, man, what did you do this weekend? I stayed at the house, watched the game. Why? What's up? Well, all the, uh, all the news stations are here at school. They want to do a store on you. This was WATE, WVLT, and WBIR. I come down, whatever, and I have been dubbed as the international voice of the Vols. We need more. We need more highlights, this, this, and that. So we continue to play. WVLT sends me their sideline highlights, and I do the voiceovers. That was that first one that we did for WVLT. 600,000 views. I'm like, wait a minute, what is going on here? And then it's when I really and it's when I really started seeing messages coming through like, hey, you know, I work construction, all my crews are Hispanic. They love football, they just don't understand the game. Where can we listen to your stuff? So I started I started doing broadcasting on Twitter Spaces. And you know, people started calling in you know, Craven Wings, Weigels, and other various companies like, hey, we want to sponsor, you know, one of your broadcasts on Twitter Spaces. So wow. we did the um, we did the Orange Bowl. We did the Orange Bowl, which was like, I don't know, another 500,000, 600,000 views. We did the whole game. And I think on Twitter Spaces, I had like maybe 13,000, 14,000 listeners throughout the game. And I did it. I did it on TikTok. I did it on Facebook Live. So on TikTok, I had like 7,000, 8,000 people watching. Um, and this was all voice because you, I cannot show the game. So it was all voice. So I had like 12,000 listeners on Twitter. And then I really started at that time after I've seen the need of what we had. I said, you know what? I think I found something here that has never been done before. And let me see what let me see what I can do. So. I started sending DMs. I started sending emails. I started researching, you know, uh, the athletic staff directory. And I started sending emails and I started sending Instagram DMs. And I think I sent probably about 500, 600. And one person replied back out of all those. And it was Coach Allison Ojeda. She is our women's tennis head coach. Sends me a DM back, says, I love everything that you're doing. I want to let you know that I'm Mexican-American. So listening, now, you know, you've been posting stuff. I've been seeing it on Twitter. Listening to the Spanish plays has really resonated with me. And let me see what I can do. She starts connecting me, and this is where we get to Dr. Monica LeBron. 
Dr. Monica sends me an email. She says, Carlos, I got to tell you something. I'm Puerto Rican. And I'm like, wait a minute. So, so you're telling me that even our admin at the University of Tennessee have Latin American roots. And she told me the same thing. This is resonating with me. I really love everything that you're doing. And this was back. We played Alabama, October, uh, November, December. This is January when, I, when I, we would start sending emails and whatnot. Then I get an email from the Vault Network, Glenn Thaxton. Hey, can you come in to the office? So I go to the office, and that's when I hear about the NCAA bylaw. This was February of last year and whatnot. So that's okay. You know, I'm still doing my stuff online. I'm doing uh, highlights of basketball. I'm doing highlights of baseball. I'm doing some highlights of NFL teams. That way I can just keep just spreading the love. Then come June is when I'm with WATE. Then I get the Vault Network back. It's like, hey, I think we're really, I think we're really going to do something here, but you cannot be a teacher. And I was like, okay, so I'm literally taking a leap of faith here to, to quit my job, essentially to quit my job with no other anything lined up. So I resigned. WAT calls me and said, hey, we want to do something for high school football where we want you to be a digital anchor with Bo Williams, where you guys do the Friday night frenzy. You know, we have Thursday rivalry. You could be like a reporter, blah, blah, blah. I'm not. We go from a teacher salary at Alcoa to getting paid $15 an hour in the hopes, in the hopes that Vol Network and UT call me and say, okay, it's a it's a for sure thing. So I'm like, all right. So I quit. I sent an email back. I'm no longer a teacher. I'm ready when you guys are. A couple of weeks later go by and they say, okay, Carlos. Um, man, and hold on, because let me take a break. I might start crying here in a second. Hold up. Then, um, then I get an email back and they said, okay, Carlos, it's a, it's a for sure thing. Uh, September 23rd is the day when we're going to do the, the historic, the historic first ever Spanish broadcast for the university of Tennessee. And the bet, the best thing that, that happened on that email was what I use in my classroom. Now I use in my classroom well, Glenn said, the way that you have been representing yourself, the way that you have been so respectful, even though that you're not a part, even though you're not staff, the way that you have been representing the university throughout all this process has earned you this opportunity to make history for the University of Tennessee. And I was like, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about you're talking about an 11 year old kid. Venezuela. Escaping a dictatorship, not knowing how to speak English, to creating history for a major university and for your state and for your people, it was uh, it was a true blessing for uh, for us to to be up there. Now we're playing UTSA, and I'm up there in the booth with uh, with Fuad Reves, and then you have Miss Dante Plowman coming in. And everybody, you know, congratulations. And I'm like, you know, I, I didn't do this. You know, God gets the credit for all of this. God made this happen. And their replies were, you're right, God made this happen. But 
you put in the work. And I was like, man, you know, it's uh, I still look back to it. And now everywhere you see is vamos vamos. And it's like, man, you know, did I really create this or, or what? And and we did. It was amazing. I love just seeing the uh, the the pride in in uh, you know in, in your eyes and taking that time to, you know, you've thought all along like there's something else. I just don't know what it is. And being able to realize that is such a cool thing. Congratulations to you. Uh, Thank you, for my sure. friend. Thank you. Um, Thank you. So, so I do have a, have a question about broadcast style, because as you were talking about, like the Gary Daniels of the world are like yeah. that, that's what we hear. That's in, what we hear. This. But when we watch, um, you know, South American soccer, we, we watch it, you know, all over the country, really like, um, I mean, even the, the, the British announcing is a little more lively yeah. than what we've got. What is it about that South American delivery um that that like like i don't know really why is it like that you know what i mean like why is the, that energetic uh delivery such a thing i think it falls back to uh passion i think it falls back to love and i think it falls back to regardless of who of who you root for um if you're calling a game for your team you have to bring that passion you have to paint that picture you have to you have to bring to the audience you're seeing anytime you know because you're listening to this broadcasters in a world cup style and it's for both teams it's a big anytime they score it's a big 30 to 40 second goal for both teams it doesn't matter who it is and i think it's just it's just that it's just the, the love of effective sport, that love for the game. It doesn't matter who scores. And I'm, and I'm just talking soccer here. Uh, it doesn't matter who scores. The way that the goal happened, it's just so pretty that you bring out that passion and you bring out that energy. That way the people that are listening feel what you're watching. Absolutely. Is there a way that folks, so like, will you be doing the Vanderbilt game on Saturday? So, so what I do now, because after the game, uh, I just actually received an email two weeks ago that UT is sending my and uh, Fouad's broadcast to the NFL. Um, so the NFL is going to be evaluating everything that we did, blah, 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 because uh, I know it's extremely important to the university after having various conversations with them. They want to explore uh, various sports. So, you know, I'm I'm praying that hopefully, you know, we could call a soccer game or we could call a basketball game. But I guess you have to go through steps. Um, you know, they wanted to see the reaction that the UTSA game received. And I think that the reaction that it received after the game was astronomical. Uh, we are now we are now. We have now reached 10 different Spanish-speaking countries. And two weeks ago, no, was it two weeks ago? We just played Georgia. Then before we played Missouri, when was it that we played Texas A&M? Two, yeah, two weeks ago. Two and a half weeks ago, we played Texas A&M. I got to be a part of um, 
SEC Nation, the Marty and McGee show, and I got to be a part of that. So they had me call that play live, and you know, Joshua Dobbs to Juwan Jennings. We get done with that, and then I meet Tim Tebow, and I'm like, Mr. Tebow, you know, can we take a picture? And he was like, well, you know, before we take a picture, let me just tell you that my Tim Tebow Foundation team has just grabbed all everything that you're doing, all your Spanish plays and whatnot, and they've sent it to my foundation in Guatemala, where I have five schools that I work with. So your stuff is being listened to in Guatemala. I've received messages from Spain. I've received messages from Argentina, Venezuela, Colombia, Mexico, everybody in the West Coast, you know, Texas, California, Arizona. It's been, you know, it's been huge. So I think the university was waiting on that and we're waiting on that evaluation from the NFL. Um to explore, you know, so hopefully for 2024, we could have a, a permanent spot in the booth. But for now, what I do is after the game, uh, I get the big plays and then I do the voiceover and that's what I post on social media. What do the schools do that? Do any other major uh, football teams have a Spanish broadcast? Yeah, it's been, a, it's, been, it's been crazy because after all this has happened, I have... Texas A&M, their Spanish voice, his name is Pedro Luna, Pedro Luna. He's reached out to me, said, you know, fantastic job. Uh, the Spanish voice of the Texas Longhorns, he's reached out and said, I love everything that you're doing. Uh, UCF has an official, so it's UCF, uh, Texas, Texas A&M, and uh, San Jose State. So those, those big schools have done that, and I think because I got a message on Instagram from Kansas, the University of Kansas, I think they have, I think like some sophomores and juniors within the university that are Spanish speakers that that just started it, you know, something something like that. But as far as like official stuff is uh, Longhorns, San Jose, and UCF. So on September awesome. 23rd, we became, you know, probably out of all those, the biggest one to conduct a Spanish broadcast. Heck yeah. Carlos, I uh, I was a broadcasting guy. I, I went to UT and got a broadcasting major uh, degree. And so I, I just love all this. This whole story is really exciting uh, for me to follow along. Uh, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's been, it's been a great journey, especially, you know, um, as we're discussing, you know, the principle for a day, uh, going back to having the blessing to go speak to several schools and having, you know, juniors and seniors come up to me and said, hey, so, you know, so you're telling me that I can have, that I have an opportunity in broadcasting as well. Mm-hmm. Some of these kids didn't know that those opportunities were out there, and now they're seeing you on social media. But wait a second, this dude's last name's Lopez. That's my last name too. So they're asking me now, hey, you know, what can I do to get into this, get into that? And that's you know what an amazing opportunity. So, hey, you know, you go to school, you major in journalism, major in broadcasting. You know, define your skills. I never had that opportunity. Uh, you know, I got a bachelor's degree from Carson Newman, a master's degree from Middle Tennessee. And after I got back from Tampa Bay playing in the Arena Football League, I enrolled at the University of Tennessee. So I got a second master's degree in world language ed because I wanted to teach Spanish. So um, I didn't have a background in journalism. I didn't have a background in broadcasting. But I have years and years of experience in athletics. And I think... You know, when I went to WATE and they hired me there, 
um, I talked to the general manager and said, you know, are you sure you guys want to hire me? Because I don't have a degree in any of this. And the general the manager yeah. said, uh, she said, and that's exactly what she said. She said, hey, I can teach you anything about TV. I just can't teach you what you already have. You know, mm-hmm. the ability to speak and the ability to, you know, interview people, the ability to call a game. I can't teach that. And I was like, okay. So <laughs> we just we just wrapped up our Friday Frenzy halftime show with, uh, you know, Bo Williams. And um, if I'm not mistaken, the SEC is going to ABC. And is that – am I – I think I'm I think you're right. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I did see that some people were – Talking about this is the last time that we get to listen to Gary. Oh, yep. then the SEC is going to ABC, WAT is an ABC affiliate. So I don't know what they're going to be working out where, um, you know, next football season, you know, like a big orange kickoff or something like that, where, you know, I don't know where they're going to have me, but hopefully somewhere. Hopefully, hopefully somewhere interview with people and hopefully somewhere in the booth calling the game. Thank you so much for your time, buddy. I really appreciate it. I appreciate it, man. You have a blessed night. All right. Hey, thanks for checking out the episode. Thank you again to Carlos Lopez for joining me in the podcast. Please go follow him on social media. That's how you can uh, really find all of his work. And of course, follow this show on TikTok and Instagram at No Playbook Pod.